Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike. With co host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! Oh, yeah. That just happened! That just happened! Welcome to another Thursday edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. And uh, Mike, I, I got to tell you, every time, uh, every time I listen to that open, I got to wonder, do you, do, do you ever know? <laughs> no, <laughs> not usually. <laughs> Listen, uh, as many times as we've heard that opener, it's good to hear some uh, exciting race calls. Well, Mike, we've got an action-packed show coming up here on this uh, Thursday morning. Mike, we're going to talk a little bit with driver Simon Allard and talk about a great uh, victory he had in the uh, Ben Franklin this past Saturday on Sunstake Saturday. But, Mike, Allard stood up in the bike, and you were there to witness this. What was the crowd's reaction to it? Crowd reaction was very good, too, and I think that is one of the memories, one of the images that is going to just burn itself into the memory of this sport of harness racing for some years to come. And I had a chance to talk to Simon Allard uh, after the uh, after the race, and it was special to him. I mean, it was really special to him that he was able to do that. And hats off to Simon, and hats off to all the guys, Mike. As a matter of fact, they had a race on Sunstake Saturday that may have gotten, may not have gotten as much press as the big races, but they had a Hervé Fillion Memorial race. And Mike, during the post parade of that event, all the drivers uh, to, during the post parade wore Hervé's colors. And I thought that was just a, a very classy move on the part of the drivers, on the part of the Downs of Mohegan Sun Poconos. So uh, Jen Starr, everybody that was involved in that really deserves a big high five and a lot of credit for making that happen because I thought that was very special. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we're actually going to wrap up Sunstake Saturday. Mike Bozich and team were there with Rich Matei and Tom Daly. You guys gave out some uh, pretty nice winners, including Rich Matei uh, giving out a couple of big bombs. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But we're also going to talk to John Pavanal, Mike. We wanted to have him on um, last week. Uh, unfortunately, circumstances kind of changed that a little bit. But John Pavanal, uh, who's the Harness Racing History Facebook page founder, is going to talk about Hervé Philly on just a little bit. Mike, they got up to 22,000 members now. They just got their 22,000th uh, member uh, just a couple of short days ago. So hats off to John Pelvinal and what he's been able to do there. He was uh, a friend of Hervé, has uh, shared some time with Hervé, and uh, has a lot of stories about Hervé. So we're going to hear that. That's probably going to come up towards the top of the hour. Plus, it's our good friend Darren Gagne, the Running Aces segment. And we're also going to talk about the Meadowlands Pace Eliminations. Mike, we've got another remote coming up next Saturday. It's the Meadowlands Pace. Uh, we'll be there along with uh, Rich Mateo. will be helping us out. Jeff Scott will be giving us some uh, winner's circle and paddock reactions. So it's going to be very interesting. And we want everybody to stick around and stay with our social media pages because we're still trying to determine the time. We've got the three, it's going to be a three hour broadcast, but obviously Mike, we want to make sure that we get all the big races involved. So we have to wait for post time particulars and all that. So keep it locked in our social media pages, Facebook and Twitter, as well as our website, post time with Mike and Mike for more information on when exactly we're going to go on the air, but I'm looking forward to it. Meadowlands pace. 
Uh, I know they're, uh, let's see, down by the Seaside Classic Pro and Me So Fast got buys. They have one elimination, which is coming up on Saturday, and we'll talk about that uh, probably uh, towards about 11.15 or 11.20 or so. But first, it's going to be Simon Allard. We're also going to hear from si- some uh, sign. Si- <laughs> Boy, I can't talk. This is fantastic. Hey, i got to announce a couple of races in a couple of hours, and I can't put the words together. But uh, we're going to have some sights and some sounds from Sunstinks Saturday, and that is coming up next, along with uh, our interview with driver Simon Allard on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward point state restrictions. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. The Pacers have reached the back stretch and they are underway in the Lynch Caviar Alley on the far outside strikes first in the center of the track Brazuka firing. Brazuka has its light edge on Caviar Alley. Idyllic Beach moving well early into third with Agent Q at the pylons fourth. Agent Q now even with Idyllic Beach. Brazuka still waiting her opportunity. Betters up starts to move up late and now Tequila Monday getting moving. Top of the stretch. Agent Q easily takes the lead away on the outside there. Betters up not close room inside for Brazuka, but it's all Agent Q here. She's pacing away. Agent Q leaving no doubt in the Lynch. Agent Q by three and three-quarter lengths. I said, you know, uh, we were going too hard to try to retake, and, uh, um, you know, my mare, she's, she's pretty game, and uh, I, I took my shot coming first up with her. The Pacers have reached the back stretch, and they are... Underway in the Hampton, out in the center of the track, a quick start for Boogie Shuffle. Joined on the outside by down by the seaside, me so fast, Santa Fe's coach also leaving. Hotly contested pace here, they're three across. Back fifth on the inside is Deer the Dragon. As the dust clears, it's down by the seaside, taking on Santa Fe's coach for the engine. They get to the quarter, 25-4. and four. They snap that 26-second barrier like a twig there. And the seaside digging in. Fear the Dragon now winging three wide. Top of the stretch on the inside is down by the seaside. Far outside, Fear the Dragon has a clear look now. It's David Miller and Fear the Dragon. In behind him, Funk and Waffles trying to rally, but Fear the Dragon gets it done by a half length. Funk and Waffles second, don't tell me again. Third, me so fast. Fourth, Fear the Dragon back to his championship form. In 149-3, wins the hand. That uh, he'd be in great shape. Uh, he loves to come from behind, and and David had his choice of where he wanted to land, and he landed in the perfect spot. Underway in the veal and a flying start for Moonshiner Hanover gets to the front early on. Devious man charging up on the outside, Long Tom on the inside, and just parked outside of Imperfect Spirit. Ariana G moves into fifth in the early going, past Sorty, then it's Bill's Man seventh at the back of the pack, Lucky Matter, and the trailer Dover Dan. The lead down to just a half length now for Long Tom, three quarters, 124 and 128 even, third panel. Long Tom by just ahead, Ariana G continues to apply the pressure. Devious man getting a great trip on the inside, Moonshot. Hanover fourth, top of the stretch, Long Tom trying to hold off Ariana G, inside opens up for Devious Man, Devious Man taking on Long Tom, it's Devious Man and Andy Miller taking a slight lead, Devious Man, pocket trip to Pater, wins the field by a length. 
The Pacers have reached the back stretch, and they are underway in the Ben Franklin. Good start from Melmara on the inner half, joined by Keystone Velocity on the far outside. Boston Red Rock is showing, and Boston Red Rock's going to sweep by and take the early lead. Keystone Velocity second, Melmara chooses discretion and takes the tuck third in front of all bets off. Rock and Ron away fifth, and Mockett's Rock and Roll World in the early trailer dealt a winner. As they round the turn, it's Boston Red Rocks with the lead, and Keystone Velocity coming up on his outside the quarter, 26-1. and one. Side by all bets off, Keystone Velocity still there. Further back on the inside, Boston Red Rocks top of the stretch. Melmara still by length. Keystone Velocity uncorking now in the passing lane. It's Melmara and Keystone Velocity getting closer. Melmara looking for the line. Keystone Velocity, Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end for Simon Simon Alars enjoying this a bit. And a little tribute to Irve Filion as well. Uh, Irve, uh, one of the famous photos uh, was him uh, standing in the bike just like that. It's a nice gesture by Simon. He told me, he said, kid, don't worry about it. Just drive your drive. He said, if you think too much, it's no good. He said, uh, just do it like the Nike uh, logo. He said, just do it. So tonight I just did it. Back on post time with Mike and Mike Simon Alarch just doing it. We're joined now on the program by Keystone Velocity driver Simon Alarch. And Simon, you've had a couple of days to kind of uh, reflect on that victory and reflect on that magical moment. Uh, what are your thoughts now that you've had a couple of days to uh, kind of let it soak in? Hi, I'm still feeling pretty good. That's like my biggest high I ever had in my life. <laughs> We uh, partied pretty hard that night, but the next day it was still, still had a lot of energy, and it's great to win that kind of race. And it was a awesome week that I had, you know. Overall, I just had a great, uh, great week and uh, a lot of fun, you know. Everything fell in the right places. Simon, tell us a little bit about that moment when you stood up on the bike after the victory uh, in your uh, in your kind of tribute to uh, the great Hervé Filion. What uh, prompted you to do that? Was that something that was uh, done spur of the moment, or is that something you kind of thought of uh, that you were going to do if you won the race? Uh, <clears throat> I could really do anything after a big race. You know, like uh, I really like uh, the way uh, people celebrate their wins, like Brett Miller and stuff like that. Like I think... It, Anyway, I, I just went by uh, how I felt, but uh, all week was, uh, you know, like I'm pretty close with the Irving Fillion family. Uh, when I first moved to the States, uh, Andrew used to come to Chester with me to drive me, and uh, I used to call uh, Irving Jr., his brother. We used to laugh on the phone and talk, and Irving Sr., uh, Irving used to get on the phone and tell me things that, you know, tips about uh, how to be as a driver, you know, sometimes we fight with other guys and we get we take it personal. He he was a great coach, you know, like saying nice things about how to be. And he he told me a few things that I really liked and I'll always gonna remember. And uh, now I'm getting like in the last few years, me and Brendan uh, Filion, his other son, uh, we're really tight, we're a good friend. We, we talk to each other. We talk to each, uh, we call each other like every. Every week, uh, almost like this past week, we talked pretty much every day. And uh, he told me a story about that win he had in Monticello last week and uh, was crying on the phone. He he also got me crying because he said my dad was with me. Uh, you know, like that little Miss Mary never wins races. Uh, and uh, he ended up winning uh, that race. And uh, she stuck her nose right at the end. 
a little similar to Keystone Velocity, but not really the same speed. And uh, anyway, I uh, went to the funeral this week. It was uh, it was a good week. Uh, the weather was always great, and it really felt like Irving was there the whole time at that that free old lap. Like the sun was so bright, and it was like. Uh, a week I will I will remember the week uh, the the rest of my life you know like uh, and now I, I was thinking uh, when I went to the funeral I told Irvy Jr. I said listen I need your dad this weekend I want I want his help you know I want to win that race I said we're gonna race at 9:30 uh, 11th race so Junior said I'm gonna look that race I'm gonna look that race and obviously we did that tribute to Irvy like that that post parade uh, I. I bought those shirts to uh, to make that uh, we were supposed to do uh, the race with Derby Fillion shirts on, but uh, they only let it, it let it go with the with the post parade. So that was nice. Uh, and uh, and Brendan, uh, Kimberly, and uh, Andrew, they all came down, and everybody was there for that, and uh, they took the picture, and they were. They were with me also to cheer me up for for that race. They were with me to uh, you know uh, say if I win that race, you know, like uh, it'd be something. So uh, uh, it was a great week. You know, everybody went from crying all week to uh, partying, partying uh, till four in the morning. So everybody was back at my place four four thirty with a lot of drinking, a lot of shots, and uh, it was awesome. You know, uh, something I remember the rest of my life. Now, Simon, talk to us a little bit about uh, Keystone Velocity's race. Uh, obviously, uh, he, he had to work very hard late in the stretch and uh, raced extremely well, uh, taking on uh, Mel Mara. And the other, I guess my follow-up question to the uh, whole the tribute that you did, you had the Superman shirt on. Was that planned out the whole time? Uh, I've been wearing a Superman shirt for the last four or five years. I don't know. Just a thing that I start doing in the high... Uh, you know, I was on top of the world. Let the and I felt like Superman, so let's do it. You know, <laughs> some people don't like it, but you know what? That's me. I I do things that other people don't. All right. Well, Simon, listen, we certainly appreciate you, my friend. I know you're uh, getting ready to uh, make a, get on the racetrack here at Harris, Philadelphia, where uh, the rain has subsided. I know I talked to you about an hour ago, and uh, it was raining here when I first got here, but it looks like the rain has subsided. So I guess uh, I guess when you come around, the sun starts shining, my friend. But uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the big win uh, in the Ben Franklin, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Good job, and I like I love that song that you put on. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, okay. Simon. Okay, have a good day. All right, that was Simon Alarm, driver of Keystone Velocity. Yeah, I thought that was uh, just a really classy tribute, what uh, Simon did uh, standing up on the bike, and uh, I know the Filion family was there, and, and I just thought it was a real, real special thing that Simon did, paying tribute to uh, one of the big hitters in our sport, a guy that Mike won over 15,000 races. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it, it was a great tribute from him. And, you know, I think it kind of surprised everybody. Uh, me and a couple other people were sitting in the mutual's office waiting for the trotting class to go off. And we saw that. And, you know, you almost have to clap when that uh, that kind of thing, uh, you know, happens. Because, you know, these guys, uh, they, they're all one big knit family, it seems like. And when, when something happens to one, uh, it seems like it happens to all. Certainly. When we come back, we're going to uh, get into our running aces segment. Our good friend Darren Gagne will talk about what uh, happened and what is going to happen last weekend and the weekend coming ahead at the uh, track in beautiful Minnesota. We'll uh, talk about that next. Plus, at the top of the hour, we're going to talk to uh, the founder of Harness Racing History, John Palvinelli. He'll share some Hervé Fillion stories with us as well. So lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment this Friday for their Tote Machine Payout. Use a self-service tote machine between 7 and 10 p.m. for a chance to win betting vouchers and food coupons. Also on Saturday, July 8th, is Fan Appreciation Night at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Enjoy the free fireworks display following the races with a special first post time of 6.30. You can head over to the cafe for dollar concession items including hot dogs, pretzels, popcorn, soda, and $2 Bud and Bud Light draft specials. For more information, visit PlayMetalLand.com. 
Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. It's Darren Gagne here. It's time to talk running aces. Let's review the highlights of another great week of live racing action in Minnesota. It all started back on Saturday, July 1st. On Saturday night, Margin Call made his way back to the winner's circle at running aces for the first time this season. The six-year-old trotting gelding by revenue was a six-time winner last season at running aces, including wins in the open trot. But he has faced foot problems and chewing issues throughout his career. Margin Call, who's owned by Michaela Delgides and driven and trained by Rick McGee, rallied from well back on Saturday night to sweep by the field for a 158 and 2 win by two and three quarter lengths in a $4,000 condition trot. Also on Saturday night, yeah, you betcha. A classy nine-year-old pacing gelding by Heavenly Favored charged home from off the pace as well on Saturday night to win a $4,000 condition pacing event in 153 flat for his 27th lifetime win with Dean McGee and the sulky for owner-trainer Wendy Haberberg. Yeah, you betcha has now earned $136,358 after Saturday night's win. Also Saturday, let the night roll. The four-year-old trotting mare, owned and trained by Jenny King and driven by Luke Plano, picked up her fourth win in six starts this year in the featured $6,400 trotting event with a closing effort from the outside post from six and a half lengths back at the half-mile pole to win by a head at the wire in 159 flat. Then on Sunday, 21-year-old driver Brady Jensen, part of a big harness racing family in Iowa, picked up his first lifetime paramutual driving win with Mac and Over, Maiden Pacer. On Sunday night, three-year-old gelding pacer by McArdle got to the wire first in 154-4 for Brady Jensen and a $3,500 maiden pace. It was the fourth lifetime start for Mac and Over. Brady Jensen has had several wins at running aces as a trainer, he has won races driving at the fairs, but Sunday's sharp victory with Mackinover was his first lifetime paramutual driving win. On the Sunday card, V Mac rolled to another win, four straight wins in a row for the six-year-old pacing gelding by Voracious Hanover in a $6,000 claiming handicap pace, gate-to-wire effort from post eight, 153 and three. It was his 23rd lifetime tally. He was driven to victory by Luke Plano for owner and trainer George Ryder. On Sunday, the two-year-old Minnesota sire, uh, two-time, I should say, as a two- and three-year-old Minnesota sire state champion trotter, Becky Badger Baby posted a career-best win on Sunday, trotting in 157-3. This is her second trip to the winner's circle this year from five starts. Trainer driver Nick rolled in the sulky with a very patient drive, going from last to first in the victory on Sunday in the $4,600 condition trotting event. 
This is now a five-year-old mare. She's by Rail Splitter. She has now 24 lifetime wins. She's owned by Dale Hine and Royal and Barbara Roland. Also on Sunday's card, driver Willie Hernandez. William Hernandez picked up his first win at Running Aces on Sunday, steering his trainee, Poor Little Rich Girl, to victory in a $4,000 condition pacing event in 154-3 for owner Maria Alvarez and delighting his pair mutual backers with a $38.60 win mutual for a $2 ticket. William Hernandez has been an up-and-coming trainer driver at Cal Expo over the past couple of years and has made his first trek out to Minnesota this season to compete at Running Aces. On Monday night, a special holiday racing program on Monday night. The featured event went to Gold Star Misty in the open pace for mayors. Gold Star Misty with trainer driver James Yoder rewrote the record books here with a new track record on Monday night in 151 flat for four-year-old pacing mayors, shattering the previous mark that was set earlier this summer by PV Miracle Mary and Joe Casagrande in 152-2. and Gold Star Misty, 151 flat, winning the mayor open on Monday night. Very, very sharp-looking win, and Gold Star Misty is owned by Marianne Audley, once again trained and driven to victory by James Yoder. And that would be the second track record set in a one-week period for trainer James Yoder. He also picked up a track record when his three-year-old trotting colt, Ideal Jesse, established a track mark 156-1 last Tuesday night. Also Monday, Fire Drake was back in action again and again was razor sharp as he posted his fifth consecutive win, pacing in 153-2 on Monday, a gate-to-wire win. It's six wins and seven starts this season for Fire Drake now. Trainer driver Nick Rowland in the sulky for owner Jessica Johnson. Fire Drake continues to be on fire at running aces in 2017. Also Monday night, $10,000 open handicap trial went postward and explosive muscles with trainer driver Jerry Longo delivered as the favorite, paying $4.80, seventh win in 26 starts this year for explosive muscles. Sharp 70-year-old gelding by Muscle Mass has now bankrolled over $44,700 this season for owners Cassie and Rebecca Uppel. 155 and win from the outside of post position number 7 in the $10,000 open handicap trot on Monday. Explosive Muscles and Jerry Longo. Also Monday night, Giggle Monster remains perfect two-for-two lifetime after capturing the $8,000 two-year-old open event with another impressive win, 155-4 for Giggle Monster on Monday night with driver Dean McGee in the bike for trainer Denise Mayer and owners the Van Otterloo Stables. Driver Nick Rowland dominated the drivers on Monday night's program with a driving triple, Jerry Longo and Mooney Swenson both picking up driving doubles on the card. Live racing returns to running aces this weekend. Saturday, first race post time is 6 p.m. with free live music after the races. Sundays are family day and post time on Sundays, 6 p.m. as well. And Tuesday night, dollar night racing returns on next Tuesday. First race post time for dollar night is 7 p.m. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick-five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed 
and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. And we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by a very special guest, the founder of the Facebook page Harness Racing History. John Palbinali joins us. John, how are you, sir? Doing well, Mike. How are you, sir? Doing very good. And uh, obviously, John, uh, Hervé Fillion, one of the uh, greatest drivers of all time, over 15,000 wins, a handful of uh, just a very small handful of drivers that have uh, achieved that mark, uh, obviously passed away a couple of weeks ago. And, and John, I know uh, you were friends with Hervé, and I know you have some thoughts uh, about Hervé, but the, first of all, uh, let's talk about the happenings on Sunstakes Saturday at Pocono this past weekend, where uh, a very interesting event occurred, certainly a, a very touching moment when all the drivers for the Hervé Fillion Memorial uh, pace came out in Hervé's colors, and I thought that was just uh, an unbelievable moment in the sport. Yeah, that's true. And even what's more exceptional is the fact that we had a horseman's barbecue here at Pocono approximately 10 days before Sunstakes Saturday. And I asked Jen Starr if it was possible for her to put together a race for Hervé in memorial and have it be the first ever memorial race for her. And she said she would get it done. And you know what? She got it done. And then I said to her, you know, it would be really, really special if you could get one of the drivers to be crazy enough to stand up on the bike. And that would be quite a tribute. And sure enough, Simon Allard volunteered. Uh, Simon got the um, uh, the colors all together, and what a glorious sight! Not only is it tribute for Hervé, but as a talking point for all of harness racing, that it can be some fun, some interest, and some racing. Uh, the people were in awe, and when Simon, on the bike, which was never done before, stood up on the bike, and ripped off his colors, and there was a big S on his shirt. People were applauding and cheering, and I haven't seen that in so many years, Mike. What a great, great sight that was. John, I think that was a very special moment in the sport of harness racing. It's one of those images I think that will be ingrained in the harness racing fans for some years to come. But there was also some festivities that uh, occurred at Goshen, John, uh, in memory of Hervey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the uh, the very good people at Goshen um, for the eighth race on Sunday had a Hervé Fillion Memorial race, and that um, is going to be in perpetuity. I learned that word from Shark Tank. And uh, Debbie Little and Dave Little sponsored it this year. I'm going to sponsor it next year, and we're going to alternate that back and forth. And, again, the fans were in awe. Um, the cheering, the standing, everything was so wonderful. A great tribute to Hervé. And I must say, the people at Goshen and the people at Pocono do it right. John, let's get into some of the uh, stories. I know you have some stories that you'd like to share about Hervé. Let's, uh, let's have a good time for the next uh, couple of minutes or so. What are some of the funniest stories that, that you can share with us? All right, I'd like to just say one more thing first. Sure. That looking back in January, Mike, um, when I called you and said, hey, Mike, would you like to uh, interview Herb? That really wound up as being a great, great interview. Um, everyone can still hear it. Go to your site. And sad to say that was the last interview that Herb gave. And I must tell you that after... The interview was over. Herb called me really excited. He was really happy that he did it. He told you some 
great stories, and that was Hervé, always, always given to the sport, and I want to thank you for that. Well, we certainly appreciate it. I'll tell you, it was uh, it was a really, a really informative interview. I mean, I think uh, Herve really opened up, and and you know, we talked about a, a good variety of topics. But uh, what are some of the funnier memories, uh, John, that you think you have? Okay, um, I'm just going to start out by telling you that Herb drove his first race when he was 12. He drove twice, and then. At 13, he wins at a fair in Quebec, and I don't remember the name of the fair, with a horse by the name of Guy Grattan, and that was in 1953. And um, he was very fond of that, and he always remembered that, always spoke about that. Herb would always say that he was not in the horse business. He said, John... I was in the people business, not the horse business. I had a deal on a daily basis with grooms and owners and trainers, and then you'd try it, and drivers and vets and blacksmiths and track owners and the judges. He said that was a real difficult thing to do, and I, I, I sincerely think that he was one of the best that was ever to deal with all that, so... I'm going to give Hervé an A-plus for being a politician. That was absolutely difficult to deal with back then because it's really not that way much anymore, but back in the 60s and 70s and possibly part of the 80s, these people were not only the drivers, they were the trainers. So they had to deal with a lot. You know, John, a lot of, I think, one of the big marketable assets that the industry has uh, that maybe the industry doesn't do a good enough job of promoting uh, are the drivers themselves. I mean, some, especially nowadays, I mean, you've got some great young drivers out there. But even back, uh, you know, we just saw John Campbell retire after uh, such an illustrious career. I mean, you've got guys like Yannick Shingron, Tim Tietrick out there. But uh, Hervé really broke the mold as far as being an accessible driver, as far as being not only a driver, but an easy guy to root for. And like you said, a lot of times a politician, a talker, uh, somebody that just made people want to be fans of the sport of harness racing. Herb gave back to the sport each and every day, and uh, we need more of that. Um, Herb would tell me, when I asked him what his best qualities were in harness racing, he would tell me that he was an expert of rectum of horses. And <laughs> when you when you think about that, it's very true and probably true for most drivers now because that's what they see. So that's really, that's always struck me as being a really funny statement. Expert of rectum of horses. <laughs> John, one of the great things that I've heard, uh, you know, from family members and f- some from uh, from some of the friends of Hervé is what you see is what you got. And I know a lot of people in basically a lot of different jobs. They'll be one way at work, and then when they're in their private life, you know, it'll be like a totally different person. Not Hervé. Hervé, what you see was what you got. Always, he had a great sense of humor, Mike. We used to, on a regular basis, Hervé, Henry's brother Henry, who's deceased now too, and myself, we used to drive up to Yonkers every night. And uh, after the races, you know, we'd come back home and Henry's wife, Jeanette, would always have a full dinner waiting for us. And about once every two weeks, the lottery in New York got up pretty high, which was five to eight million, which was pretty pretty big at the time so we'd go out and buy a hundred tickets and split them um we really never had much luck but one week we bought the tickets we come home and herb's friends chip and jerry howard was there along with Jeanette. so our tradition was to keep reading off the tickets and so 
we're sitting there, we're reading them off, reading them, reading them. And Jeanette gets up and she screams and she says, oh, my God, you got it. You guys hit it. You won. You won millions. You guys are all millionaires. And everyone's chapping, clapping and cheering. And Herb is just sitting there with a little grin on his face. And he's not saying anything. So he let us get all excited for about, I would say maybe it was 10 minutes. Maybe it was a little longer. And then he turned around and he said, guys, we didn't hit it. What he did was, what he did was, he took the tickets. He had them in his pocket. Right after the races, he made a phone call back to the house. And he said, these are the winning numbers for the night. So that when Jeanette was reading off the numbers, she had the winning numbers. But we didn't have a winning ticket. And... I got to tell you, Mike, we laughed so hard for such a long period of time. We never forgot that. And um, we busted his calunes, if you know what that is, for quite a long time on that. That's really, that's really great. And, 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 and then another time, I took, um, I took her and his son, Andrew, over to see a comedian over here in Wilkesbury, and his name is Pat Cooper. And I don't know if you know Pat Cooper or not, but he's a famous Italian comedian. He's in his 90s, I would say now. And I think, I'm not sure, but up until a couple of years ago, he was still performing in Vegas. He had his own show. So we go in to see Pat, and I send a little note backstage, because I've been close friends with him, uh, we formed an Italian-American club in the 80s, and he actually came down to perform for us every Columbus Day. So I send him a note, and Andrew and Herb and I, we go backstage, and I go to introduce them, and I said, uh, Pat, this is Andrew Fillion. He shakes his hand. And, uh, Pat, this is Herve Fillion. And Pat turns around, and he says, you can't be Herb. Herb died 20 years ago. So Herb's looking, he starts laughing. I said, Pat, this is really Herve Fillion. He says, I don't believe it. Herve pulls out his license, his racing license with his picture on it. Pat picks it up and he looks at it. And he, I'm going to try to clean this up a little bit. He goes, SOB. I bet. 20 bucks on you 20 years ago at Roosevelt and you didn't win. Give me that 20 back. And everybody starts laughing. There were other people there. They were just laughing and, 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 and Herb always had that little bit of uh, dry humor in him to do those things. Um, <laughs> um, Herb had a very good heart. Um, over the years, Herb loaned money to anybody that ever needed it. And I can't recall too many times when he ever asked for it back. And a great tribute to Herb after he passed was a comment that Murray Brown made. And Murray said that when he was young and just starting, that Herb had loaned him $200 and over the years, he never asked for it back, and Murray would go up to him and say, Hey, Herb, you know, I got this money, and Herb would go, No, nah, that's all right, next time, next time. So when Herb passed away, Murray said that he paid his debt to Herb with interest by donating into the GoFund account for Herb A. And that's just one instance of how grateful people are to what he did. That's right, and you know what? We should remind everybody that there is a GoFundMe out there for uh, Herbe Filion. If you go to GoFundMe.com and type in his name, I'm sure that'll uh, get you there if there's anybody out there that uh, you know wants to donate to uh, Herb and his family. But, uh, John, before we let you go, um, final thoughts on Herve. And, and like I say, I mean, I know that 
uh, it was only a handful of drivers that achieved that 15,000 uh, win milestone. I mean, guys like Dave Pallone and uh, Tony Morgan and uh, Hervé was in really, really elite company when it comes just to the amount of wins. But Hervé was also very generous as far as giving advice uh, to drivers. I know we heard uh, in Simon Allard's post-race interview on the Ben Franklin, uh, the advice that, that Hervé gives Simon. We also heard uh, from Hervé's interview that we played here uh, back in January of all the advice that he would give to his family, to Sylvan, uh, who's uh, put together a wonderful career for himself up north of the border. Uh, talk about how giving Hervé was. Not only was he obviously a politician and a funny guy to be around, but just a, a very generous guy. You could go onto my site, Harness Racing History, on Facebook, and you can read the many stories that trainers have put up about all the help that Herb gave them. He never refused to help anyone. He never felt threatened by a competitor in the race if they needed something. He did that forever. And when Herve started to race here at Pocono, um, all the young drivers, all the young trainers came to him for advice, and he willingly gave it, always. That man had a heart of gold. In fact, if you don't mind, before we go, I'd like to sing something. Sure. I'd like to sing you. I'm going to try to do this, keep my face straight. I'd like to sing you what I know to be Hervé's favorite song, and the reason why I know that, and maybe nobody else does, is the hundreds and hundreds of hours that we spent in the car together. That man made me play this song over and over and over and over, forever. And this is how it goes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes before you criticize and abuse. Walk a mile in my shoes. And that's Hervé. That's exactly how he felt. Um, and I love that man. And I will meet him someday again. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. 
Postdown post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter and uh, Mike certainly a special thanks to uh, John Palabinelli for sharing uh, those memories of the great Herbe Filion with us. And uh, Mike, speaking of drivers and speaking of milestones, Dave Pallone, it's hard to believe that there's any more milestones left for this guy to accomplish. Okay, lo and behold, he's nine wins away from 18,000 career wins. That's on or nine wins. Yeah. Nine wins away. He's got 17,991. That's unreal. It's unheard of. And I'll tell you what, he's got a, uh, you know, he's got a real niche for this stuff. Mike, uh, he drives a lot at the meadows and uh, drives some state courses elsewhere. And uh, he is probably one of the best and greatest drivers in the history of harness racing. And, you know, we salute Dave Pallone. No question about it. Also, Mike, uh, we talked about Sunstake Saturday. That wasn't the only big thing going on Saturday. Mike, you had a chance to witness a very, very good uh, trotting race, the Cleveland Classic over at Northfield Park. And uh, Crazy Wow, a horse who, once again, I really, really like a whole lot. I think this horse is really just having a, a great season. I think this horse is in form. He's ready to rock here in the 2017, and I think he proved that in the Cleveland Classic, upending Resolve and Abregato. You know, it's kind of interesting how the race set up, Mike. Uh, they were four wide turning for home as uh, Il Sonio Dream came up the inside with Ronnie Wren Jr. I really thought Il Sonio Dream was going to wind up winning the race. But, you know, talk about an epic stretch battle. Four horses all duking it out for victory. Resolve uh, in defeat raced extremely well. So did Abregato. None of them, uh, you know, giving way or have anything to be uh, ashamed about at all, Mike. It was uh, one, probably one of the... Uh, best trotting races we have seen at Northfield Park ever in the history of the sport or in the history of the sport there. Yeah, no question about it. So hats off to a crazy wow, who certainly moved up in the, uh, the Hamiltonian top 10, Mike, I know that, uh, or that rather the, uh, the Hamiltonian society top 10. I know we vote on that, uh, Mike. And, and, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I have to say, I think there was only five or six votes for lady shadow to be number one on that poll. I'm one of those people because uh, – and she's in action, by the way, coming up on Saturday. We'll take a look at that card at the Meadowlands in just a moment. But, uh, you know, she's done no wrong. Fear the Dragon had the, the one slip up, but obviously uh, was able to, uh, you know, to rectify that on Saturday. But Lady Shadow has just been um, impeccable, Mike, impeccable. I don't know who you voted for number one. I don't know if you want to say, but the, I'm one of the uh, – I guess the minority that, that keeps voting for Lady Shadow number one every week. <laughs> Well, this week uh, was uh, I actually um, got behind on my stuff and didn't get a vote in. But I will tell you who I voted for last week, and it was Fear the Dragon. Uh, right. Fear the Dragon, um, you know, obviously coming off some impressive efforts. Last week was a little bit tough. Uh, are you practicing over there? No. What, was that coming over the microphone? <laughs> that, yeah. What, what the heck was that? Well, you know, listen, we do the show from the sixth floor at Harris, Philadelphia, the press box. And uh, for some reason, any noises that uh, can be easily detected or picked up from a floor below. So what's going on on that floor below? I don't know. <laughs> it sounded like but, somebody uh, was practicing like a trumpet or something. You know, that's that's been known to happen on the sixth floor. We we have a gentleman up here that uh, that everybody knows our good friend James Witherite that uh, that likes to play the bugle in practice uh, from time and time uh, you know from time to time. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you know, Hunt, or uh, not Huntsville, Fear the Dragon was my number one selection, and uh, you know, like you said, he had the obvious slip up, but uh, how about this? He fired right back in the Hemp final and yes, he did extremely well. Uh, I've got to assume that he's probably in your top three somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, – well, number one, I think Lady Shadow and Fear the Dragon right now are easy. Number one, number two, I think uh, Hannah Lore Hanover moved up uh, a little bit. Uh, obviously, I think Ariana G with the loss uh, goes down a little bit. Um, and I think Keystone Velocity uh, with the win moved up. I always uh, you know, put the source uh, – usually number nine or number ten is where I've been putting Keystone Velocity, but I think I moved him up in the poll after that, the big win. Of course, he won the – the Levy earlier this year, but that could be found on U.S. Trotting along with the number of votes. Uh, and uh, Mike, I know you have something that uh, you want to bring up real quick, but uh, I do want to mention uh, and give a, a big high five to obviously one of the greatest drivers of all time, John Campbell, who uh, picked up his c- uh, career win 10,668, his last start 
in the States, uh, winning one at Goshen. So congratulations to him. He is making his final start in the Salky in Clinton on July 29th. And, Mike, we are going to make every attempt to try to get John on this show either the week before or the, uh, the week after. Listen, the rumor is you're flying to Clinton to uh, cover that, uh, and you're doing it for free, so even better. I, you know, yeah. no, no dinner, I'm going to do no it on your dime, buddy. I'm going to charge you. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, something we wanted to talk about, uh, my good buddy Garnett Barnsdale uh, asked us to talk about this just a little bit. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about Sidney Weaver for just a second. Uh, Sidney Weaver, uh, just like any uh, 16-, 17-year-old kid, and uh, listen, uh, Mike, you're going to be there soon uh, with Ben if you're not careful, and uh, uh, any 16 or 17 year old kid wants to drive and uh, she wants to get her driver's license and learn how to drive. And so they're raising some money to help get her a uh, special van that she could drive with, with her wheelchair. Uh, their GoFundMe pages um, can be found via the Sydney or via Sydney Weaver's uh, Facebook page. You can go to Garnett Barnsdale's Facebook page. It's all over the place on uh, Facebook and uh, make sure you guys check it out uh, coming up uh, this week. Right. Another thing I want to bring up, Mike, but we're just full of topics today. It was actually a pretty good last couple of weeks in harness racing. A lot of good going ons. And uh, the Living Hall of Fame, Mike, there were uh, uh, two uh, uh, on the ballot for the uh, Living Hall of Fame. One, Jules Siegel, the owner of Fashion Farms. Uh, The other is a a very interesting uh, person, and it kind of hits home here, being the announcer at Harris, Philadelphia. Margarita Wellenius Klenberg. And uh, she is the owner of uh, Menhamar Studery. Uh, they've been leading, uh, I believe, the breeding situation in Sweden for the last nine years. As a matter of fact, uh, very uh, well known for uh, siring Maclobel, Mike, uh, bringing Maclobel to stud. Uh, boy, this all just like kind of interweaves because we talked about John Campbell. Now we're talking about Maclobel and Dave Malone. But anyway, um, what's interesting and why this hits home about the Margarita Valenius is every once in a while, those of my followers on Facebook and Twitter, I like to post pictures of ships that go up and down the Delaware river here. And a lot of times the big car carriers are named the Valenius Wilhelmsen. And there is a, uh, a relation there between Margarita Valenius and the Valenius ships that uh, go back and forth and they carry these cars uh, uh, from country to country. So I just thought that was uh, quite interesting. Um, and uh, if you're following me on Facebook and, and like me on Twitter, rather like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter, then you'll see a lot of these ships. So I thought that was just interesting. But, Mike, speaking of uh, the Meadowlands pace, we are going to be there next Saturday, post time this Saturday at the Meadowlands is 630, as well as next Saturday, post time there is 630. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, it's going to be uh, very interesting, the Meadowlands pace. Uh, down by the seaside, Classic Pro, Me So Fast with buys. There's a single elimination coming up this Saturday, uh, a 10-horse field. The top seven will advance, and the elimination winner will draw from posts one through six. And Mike uh, Huntsville, who is uh, probably the most notable name in this race, draws the pylons here for a trainer, Ray Schnitger, and driver Tim Tiedrich. That is race number eight on the uh, program this Saturday at the Meadowlands, which, by the way, Mike, uh, is a pretty darn good program because you have the uh, graduate for uh, four-year-olds. Also, you've got the uh, Philly Mayor Preferred Pace, which features Nike Franco, Blue Moon Stride, Lady Shadow, Call Me Queen Bee, Venus Delight, Pen Pal. Boy, talk about a nice Philly Mayor Preferred. That's on race seven. Then, of course, you have the elimination for the uh, pace on race eight. And you have a couple of the graduate series finals. Race nine is a four-year-old open for trotters, Mike. I don't know if you have that open, but that pits a pretty good matchup between Marion Marauder and Broadway Donna. Yeah, I've got to pull it pulled up over here. Broadway Donna draws the inside and uh, kind of bookended here, Mike, as Marion Marauder draws a post number nine. Another uh, interesting horse in here um, that uh, is entered, but I'm not really uh, sure what to think of is a horse by the name of Tight Lines, Mike. Uh, Tight Lines has hit the board 8 of 10 times, but only shows a mark of 56. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if he, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if Tight Lines can keep up with the rest of this group. Of course, you have Trolley in this race, who draws post number 3. is 3 wins with a mark of 51 and 4. This is a very competitive field of uh, open-class trotters. 
Absolutely. The graduate series for uh, four-year-old Open Pacers is race 11 on the Saturday program at the Meadowlands. And, Mike, should we make Rich Matei's head bigger than what it is right now? Because his horse, Lion Snyder, and this is a horse that we were doing Facebook Live on Sunstake Saturday at Pocono, and this was Rich Matei's lock of the night. And it was one of those situations where if you look at the program and you look at the competition that Lion Snyder was going up against and his recent efforts, you would never think that this horse would have a chance of, of winning. But this is a horse that Rich Matei follows. This, is, this makes Rich Matei – this is actually what makes Rich Matei a really good handicapper. He follows certain horses, and he follows them through their ebbs and flows in form. And when Lion Snyder came onto the racetrack – Rich Matei looked at Lion Snyder, and he says, this horse wins. And he did, and he was 30-some to one. And he's right back in the Graduate Series final for four-year-old for trainer Jimmy Tactor. You have Dr. Jay Hanover in that race as well, Mike. Sintra, Boston Red Rocks, Check Six, Western Fame, uh, the leading money earner this year so far in that field. So a uh, very good field they're going for 240 grand. Listen, uh, as long as you fix that haircut, you can't make his head any bigger than what it is already. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm kidding. I'm get, listen, before anybody goes back and tells him about what I just said, I have yep. already laughed about it some uh, as far as uh, as far as that goes. Mike, it's a very impressive uh, impressive card. Uh, we want to go back to the Meadowlands pace for just a second. Uh, obviously, yep. Huntsville draws the inside. RJP has kind of been an interesting horse. Draws post number five. Boogie shuffles in this field, but Mike, a horse that I really like is uh, trained by Tony Alanya in Western Hill. Western Hill gets post number nine and uh, was the winner in the Confederation Cup. And uh, I think that win kind of gets a little bit overshadowed, took a little bit of time off, and now uh, coming back against a very good Meadowlands pace field. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Once again, the top seven make it. That is race seven on the program. It is the Crawford Farms Meadowland Pace Eliminations. Now, we're going to obviously be live on the air Saturday for Meadowlands Pace Day. That is July 15th, one day before my birthday. And uh, by the way, Happy you know, I'm 20, 20. yeah, I'm turning 24. And go ahead, Mike. I'm waiting for a punchline here. Go ahead. Buddy. Happy, go ahead. happy 92nd birthday. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. But um, we, we urge each and every one of you to uh, either check our website uh, a day or two or three before the pace. Um, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, stay locked into our social media because we, uh, it's going to be a couple of different factors that is go- that is uh, actually going to determine when we are going to be on the air. But uh, once again, we'll have coverage of the Meadowlands Pace. We'll have coverage of all the big races. Mike, it's not only the Meadowlands Pace. It's uh, going to be a very, very big card. Yeah, definitely. You got the uh, you know you got the graduate. You got a very stakes laden program coming up on Meadowlands uh, Pace Night. And Mike, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, the last time we were out there, we had a lot of good a uh, lot of good uh, times. Uh, you know, the one thing, and real quick before we uh, jump off the show here, and, uh, you know, at the risk of bringing up something a little bit sad, but it was the last time uh, we got to hang out with Sam McKee. And yeah. so it was a, uh, it, you know, that trip was a lot of fun. Those guys at the Meadowlands, they took very good care of us. But uh, the one thing that kind of jumps out off the page at me was uh, was my memories with Sam McKee uh during that trip. And, you know, he, he came up, he made sure we had everything. He was a good individual and, uh, you know, his memory obviously lives on. And we're going to actually be covering the Sam McKee Memorial on Hamiltonian day. Stay tuned for more of that. But Mike coming up in August, we've got two remotes back to back in back to back weeks. We got the Hamiltonian on August 5th and then the Dan patch again on August 11th. So we've got a, a busy couple of weeks coming up for us. And then uh, we've got some coming up in September. And then of course the breeders crown championships in October, we are going to be live from Hoosier park uh, as a part of a deal we struck with them. So it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, I'm getting excited. Yeah, absolutely. And then we get to the end of the year and you know what that means, Mike, can you believe already the third annual post time with Mike and Mike awards already? The third, the third, annual. third annual Mike and Mike awards. It's a, it's a unreal. Uh, the, uh, the amount of, um, you know, the amount of, uh, and I, I'm going to say this amount of love we have gotten uh, from the sport of hardest racing. Uh, it's been, uh, 
it's been a fun uh, two and a half year. I can't believe we've been doing it this long, Mike. It doesn't. It seems like yesterday where uh, where uh, you came up with this fantastic. I no, where we came up with this fantastic idea, and uh, you know what? It's been a lot of fun, and you know we're just we're grow we're just now growing. We're gonna we're finding ways uh, to work with Facebook Live. We're finding ways to uh, work with other means, and who knows, Mike? Uh, maybe in a few years uh, we'll have the Mike and Mike uh, TV network or something. Hey, you never know. The sky is the limit, and we knew that when we kind of got into this. Well, listen, we appreciate everybody joining us. Special thanks to our guests, uh, Simon Alarm, John Pabinelli. Special thanks to Darren Gani and the Weekly Running Aces segment. And most importantly, special thanks to all of the listeners that make the Post Time with Mike and Mike show what it is. Post Time next Thursday is 1030, and keep it locked on our social medias uh, for Post Time on Saturday. For the uh, Meadowlands Pace, we'll be live at the Meadowlands. On behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. We'll see you next Thursday, 10.30, host time, a.m. Good day. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.